Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Proverbs. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 31. And then also put your finger, put your finger there and flip over to Proverbs chapter 6 and 7. And we're going to look at verses 23, starting in Proverbs 23. As you know, today is Mother's Day, and we're going to examine what the writers of Proverbs says about a wife of noble character. It's good to look at this because earlier in the book of Proverbs, he writes about another extreme. He writes about the adulterous woman. The book of Proverbs is full of things about wisdom and practical day-to-day things. So before we talk about the virtues of a woman of noble character, we're going to look at what he also says. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23, he says, For these commands are a lamp, this teaching is a light, and the correction of discipline are the way of life, keeping you from the immoral woman, from the smooth tongue of the wayward wife. Do not lust in your heart after her beauty, or let her captivate you with her eyes. For the prostitute reduces you to a loaf of bread, and the adulteress preys upon your very life. And I'm going to add some more here. A man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned. Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. And then let's skip over then to Proverbs chapter 7. And we're going to look down at verse 6, Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6. And he says, at the window of my house, I looked out through the lattice, and I saw the simple. Some of you say, hey, I think you lived in my neighborhood. I noticed among the young men a youth who lacked judgment. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house. At twilight, as the day was fading... As the dark of night set in, then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. She is loud and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the squares at every corner she looks. She took a hold of him and kissed him. And with a brazen face, she said, I have fellowship offerings at home. Today I fulfilled my vows. So I came out to meet you. I look for you and have found you. I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt, and I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us drink deep of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not home. He's gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money and will not be home till full moon. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose, till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Don't let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her path. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. That's one type of woman. According to the writer of Proverbs, she is to be avoided. 
In fact, you aren't even supposed to go down her street. You don't want to cross paths with her. If you follow her, if you go in her direction, that there is a a great pile of mighty men who have been brought down by her. Destruction has come into their lives as the result of interactions with, of crossing paths with her. But in Proverbs chapter 31, he talks about the virtues of a godly wife, a woman of noble character. And if you'll turn there in Proverbs chapter 31, starting at verse 10, he says this, a wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her. And lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. And we're going to just break this down verse by verse and take a look at what's being said throughout the rest of the chapter. The wife of noble character is mentioned earlier in Proverbs chapter 12 verse 4. In the Old Testament, Ruth, the Moabite, she was known as a woman of noble character. In the book of Exodus, the word that's used for noble is also translated capable. And so whenever the writer of Proverbs asks, who can find a wife of noble character? He's not saying that this type of woman does not exist. But what he's saying is, is when you found a woman of noble character, she is a treasure. She is rare. It's not something that you find every day. Just like men of character and men of integrity are not something that you find every day. And if you found one, you need to keep hold of him. And in this way, he's saying that a wife of noble character, who can find, they are rare in the world today. They're to be admired. A wife of noble character is of more value than precious gems. A wife of noble character is of more value. It'll be a greater blessing to you than a pile of rubies. Okay? And that's what he's saying there. In verse 11, the noble wife's husband, he's mentioned four times. And it says this about him, that he has complete confidence in her, that he trusts her fully. You see, her careful management of the household has brought him, his family, great wealth. Her careful management, her integrity, the way in which she carries herself has enriched their household and their family. And because of that, he lacks nothing of value because of her. She has proven herself again and again to be worthy of trust, to be worthy of confidence. You know, what a blessing it is to have someone in your life who's worthy of trust. What a blessing it is to have someone who you can put complete confidence in, that you never have to look over your back, that you never have to question and wonder, will they do the right thing? I want this one to be honest with you. I don't like to work with people who I have to constantly look over my back and see, are they going to do what's right? Are they going to cheat? Are they going to steal? Or are they going to manipulate? Are they going to do the wrong thing? That just takes so much time and energy out of us. But when you have people surrounding you who you know that you can entrust them and that whatever you give them to do or whatever responsibility is theirs, that they will take care of that and that they are worthy of trust, it's incredible. I can't imagine, I'll just be honest with you, I can't imagine 
a person entrusting their life, their marriage, to someone who they can't trust. For our young people, when you're looking for a future spouse, character needs to be above everything else. Character. She may be beautiful. She doesn't have character. She's going to get ugly real quick. Huh? I'll just be honest with you. Life has a way of... Have you ever seen those images like Landon has on his iPod that you can take a picture of someone and it'll age them like 25 years? You know what I mean? Have you guys seen that? When you're choosing for our young people, when you're choosing a spouse, choose character above beauty, choose character above popularity, choose character above wealth, above earning potential. None of those things matter when character is lacking. None of those things, no matter how much money they have or how much earning potential they have or how popular they are or how cute they are, none of that stuff matters. The day to the day to day living out, living with someone who lacks character. This kind of woman, it says that she brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. This kind of woman is an asset, not a liability to her husband. Good comes to him that can be directly attributed to her being in his life. Without her, he would not reach. I'm going to talk about this in a little bit. There are average guys who find a quality woman and they far excel. They go so much further in life. They accomplish so much more. They're so much more successful. They're so much more happy. They're so much more fulfilled. Why? Because they have a wife who believes in them. I've seen it again and again. I've seen women of noble character who will marry a guy who's, some guys who they look at him and they say, well, we can work with him. You know what I mean? (laughs) There's some potential there. And these women of noble character have a way of pulling out the very best in their husband, of believing in him, of seeing the good. And somehow, they inspire their husband, and because they believe in him, they inspire him to do things that he would not be able to do. And here's the reality. There's other men who marry women of lesser character. And you, know, you ever notice there's some people, when you're just with them, they cause others around them to soar. They're able to fly. I don't know how. It's just that they're able to fly. And there's other people who everyone around them just, they can't get off the ground. And so you wives have that potential. And that's what this woman of character did. There were things, there were blessings that came into his life that were directly attributed to her love and support. She supports and encourages him. She is faithful in helping him all the days of her life. Verse 13, she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships bringing home her food from afar. She gets up while it's still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyards. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. Now, what you'll find in this portion of Scripture You'll find that she's involved in weaving and in sewing, and it's indicated in verse 13. They talk about it again in verse 19, again in verse 22, and again in verse 24. She uses wool and flax and linen made from flax. And it says, with eager hands. What literally means, with the delight of her hands. That she enjoys her work. 
A woman of noble character enjoys her work. Her work is a delight. It's not one of those things of, oh, I gotta do this. I hate doing this. Is that with eager hands, with anticipation, with joy in her heart, she goes about the responsibilities of her day. Verse 14 is one that many of the ladies would like to apply to themselves. She's like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. Some of you may say that the next time you go to shopping and your husband complains about how much you've spent, just tell him that you're a Proverbs 31 woman. You bring your merchant ship, you're bringing your wares from afar. What it's saying is a noble wife does shopping. She's like a merchant ship that brought in unusual and fascinating merchandise from other places. She too has brought interesting and unusual items home from her shopping. Though she has household help, she gets up early before daybreak to help prepare breakfast and food for other meals and to delegate the portion or to delegate the work to the servants. It says this, that the wife considers buying a field. When it says that, there's some people who they don't agree with that, they don't understand that because in those days, uh, many times they would think that women were not permitted to do so. However, in this blessed household, she apparently had money left over to invest. Then out of her earnings from the various investments, she plants a vineyard. In other words, she has a business mind and she works hard and she works diligently and she looks ahead. Verse 17 says she works energetically and with vigor. She has a healthy attitude towards her job towards her responsibilities, towards the things that God has entrusted to her. Verse 18, she sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hands, she holds a distaff and grasps a spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed, and she is clothed in fine linen in purple. Here again in verse 18, her wise business dealings are referred to. The fact that her lamp does not go out speaks to her planning ahead. It doesn't mean that she works all night long, okay? The Bible spoke of ten virgins. Five were wise, and five were foolish. Why were five of them considered foolish? They weren't prepared. And what happened to them? Their lamps went out. Because they had not taken preparation, because they had not prepared, thought ahead, looked ahead, because they lacked the understanding or the wisdom to look ahead, their lamps went out. And whenever the scripture speaks of your lamp being snuffed out, like, that's not a good thing, okay? Like when you tell the kids to turn out the light. When the Bible speaks of your lamp going out, that or your lamp being snuffed out, that is not a good thing. And so what this spoke of was her wisdom in planning in advance. A wife of noble character is also selfless and generous. She sells things for profit, and the scripture talks about her making profit and investing the money, but it also speaks of her giving to the poor and giving to the needy. Possibly referring to her giving cloth that she has made to the poor who have none. In verse 21, it says, When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. Cold weather does not cause her to panic. 
for her household because she's prepared in advance. Let me say this to you. Let's take a little break here and we'll think about this. A woman of noble character, difficult times that come her way do not cause her to panic. You ever notice that some people, whenever trouble comes, they're like, what are we going to do? Oh, no, oh, no. And, and they just come to the end of themselves, and they get so nervous and, and so worked up and, uh, and all that. The woman of noble character, that's not her response. That's not her attitude. Well, what do you mean? Because she has done the work of preparation before. When the tests and trials come, she can laugh in the face of adversity. It, it talks about that. She doesn't worry. She's not afraid. Why? Because she's prepared herself. You know, the person who built their house, the Bible talks about the one who built their house upon the rock and the one who built their house upon the sand. Whenever the rains came, the one house crumbled, the other house stood solid. Why? Because of the wisdom that they had. Let me just say this to you. A woman of noble character does the spiritual preparation that she needs to take for her family. So whenever hard times come, she's already been on her knees. When hard times come, she's already been in the Word. She's already developed those character things, and she's helped to implement that in her family. So here comes difficult times, and she can smile in the midst of adversity. When it looks like all hell is breaking loose around her, she can be at peace and not fear. Why? Because she has made proper preparation. Many of you, that's the place you're at. Many of you, you've made preparation, and so now tests are coming your way, and trials are coming your way, and you're able to stand with confidence and assurance that God is going to take care of things. Why is that? Because you have prepared. It goes on to say, she has clothed them in scarlet. That means that she's provided them, not just their basic needs, but she's provided for them extravagantly. She spares no cost in protecting her family from the cold protecting her family from the tests and trials that come along the way. It says she even makes her family's bed coverings. She clothed herself in fine linen and purple. Her own clothes were evidence of her family's status, as it were. And it wasn't that she was, that this a woman of noble character is trying to be arrogant or selfish or that type of attitude, but she has taken so much preparation that when people see, it's very evident that she's done what's necessary to provide for and care for her family in a good way. Listen to this one, verse 23. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. That verse 23 is a really important one. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. A noble woman enhances her husband's standing among those who are in leadership. In those days, it was those who transacted legal and judicial affairs at the city gate among the elders. If a man is married to a noble woman, his status will rise. Why is that? Well, just the fact that he got someone like her. They're like, he must be okay. All right, that's the first thing. Let's refer that, let's break that down a little bit. 
in our daily interactions here in the church, if you and I want to, we could look at each other's weaknesses and focus upon them. We could point out, I could look at you and I could find all kinds of, if, if I want to find them, I don't mean to be rude, but if I want to find them, I can find faults with you. And I'm sure if you want to, probably without trying very hard, you can find faults in me. I choose not to focus upon those things. I choose not to look for the inadequacies in other people, the faults in them. This is what I found. I found that there's certain places in my life where I have strengths. And I need to surround myself with people who have strengths as well. If we would get up here on Sunday and I would try to play the piano for you, it's going to be kind of tough. Okay? And I sing for you. That's not really where my greatest strength is. And everyone could stand around and say, oh, pastor stinks at singing and he stinks at playing the piano. You know, you'd probably be right. But what we do is we find people around us who have other gifts and other abilities. And the places where I'm weak, there's other people who step up and they say, I have a gift there. I have a strength there. So as a team, as a corporate team, we cover our bases. We do what needs to be done. And no one has to look, be humiliated or put down because I'm doing the things that I'm gifted at and Tim's doing the things he's gifted at and John's doing the things he's gifted at. So we're able to, in essence, succeed because of that. In some places, what people want to do is they want to point out the faults of their spouse, of their co-workers. Somehow that that makes you look better, that, that never makes you look better. It makes you look ignorant is what it makes you look like. True? Am I lying to you? When we sit around and pick other people apart, one of the things that grace does is grace covers up, not covers sin, but grace covers up for others, fills in the gaps where others lack. And so you may, in your marriage, your husband may have certain abilities or lack in certain abilities, but a woman of noble character, In the places where her husband lacks, she can step into those places. The places where he's not gifted, she can step into those places and she can use the gifts and talents that God has given her. And as a team, as a unit, then they are so much stronger. Or we can sit back and say, well, he can't do anything around the house. He can't handle money. The beautiful thing is, is whenever we're a team, we can look at those things and once again, A woman of character is going to elevate the status of her husband in the community. Why? Because God's already gifted her in different ways. And those ways in which she's different, those ways in which that they function differently and and that they're gifted differently, her gifts, her anointings, the touch of God, the wisdom that she has will cause him to be elevated. And as a team, they'll be elevated. Once again, she functions in a way that honors her husband's leadership rather than denigrates it. She respects him. She builds him up, a woman of noble character. A good example of that from the Old Testament will be Nabal. Remember David and Abigail? And Nabal was a fool. And she comes out. Now, she could have said, my husband's a fool. He's an idiot. Or not said anything. And David's men would have destroyed, you know, would have came in and destroyed their household. But she came out, stepped out and stood in the gap, as it were, for her husband, and made up for where he lacked. In verse 24, again, her clothing and her prize is is mentioned. She makes linen clothes for herself, but is, is such a good seamstress that she also makes enough to sell. Linen garments were expensive, 
And supplying merchants with sashes kind of speaks of her productivity. In verse 25, clothing is referred to as in a metaphorical sense to indicate that her strength, that her appearance is one of strength and dignity. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. A woman of character, because she's prepared herself, she can laugh at the challenges that come ahead. She doesn't sit around and fret and worry about those things. Verse 26, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. In keeping with the theme of Proverbs, this woman is praised for her wisdom and faithful instruction. She taught her children right. She leads others. And you know, if there's anything that's needed today in the church, it's godly older women who will teach the younger women how to love their husbands and love their families and how to live in this world. If there's anything that's needed, we need godly older women. Now, this is what we don't need. If you're a bitter, angry old woman who hates your family and you say, you think your kids are bad, you should have seen these horrible kids that I raised, you may not be the one we want to refer them to, okay? What we need is we need godly older women who will teach the younger women what it means how to raise your family, how to interact with your husband, how to get along, how to to follow the Lord, how to be respectful in a way that honors God. That's what we need. And you know what we need? We need some godly older men who will mentor younger men. And they'll say, hey, I've been through that a time or two before, and here's what I learned through those experiences and, and saving them years of trouble. This woman is praised for her wisdom and faithful instruction. It says that she's involved in management. She watches over the affairs of her household. And she doesn't eat the bread of idleness. She's busy about her day-to-day things. Her children arise as a result. As a result of these characteristics and as a result of her diligence, her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also. And he praises her. Many women do noble things, he says but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned, and let her works bring her praise in the city gates. It says that her children rise and call her blessed. She's positive. She's optimistic. She enjoys her role in life. She enjoys the place where God has placed her. And so as a result of that, her children arise and call her blessed. And her husband brags about her, telling others that of all the women, she's the greatest of the noble woman. What's the secret to this? The secret to this is her godly character. She is physically charming and beautiful, but those qualities may not last. And I'll tell you this. It's another side net. Have you ever seen someone who's really pretty or really attractive, and then you get to know them, and inside they're really ugly, and their prettiness wears off really quick? Like, don't be saying that to the person next to you. I'm just saying. Outward beauty, it's fleeting. It goes quickly. We all age and 
But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. She's to be praised by her husband and by others. And one of the things it points out is a woman who fears the Lord. That's what the beginning of Proverbs talks about. Teaching the fear of the Lord. It ends with teaching the fear of the Lord. The end of Proverbs of this portion of scripture, it says, give her the reward she has earned. And let her works bring her praise at the city gates. That was not something that was ordinarily done in their culture. But this woman was so extraordinary. She so stood out from the rest that they said, because of this extraordinary character that this woman has, she deserves to be praised. She deserves to receive her reward. As we close... Today being Mother's Day, we want to say thank you to you ladies for the extraordinary character with which you carry yourself. I told him in the first service, in 20-some years of marriage, to have a wife who you trust, who you depend on, Lori's never, 20-some years, at 23, going to be 23 years in May, uh, next week, never once, ever, done anything that caused me to be embarrassed or humiliated in public. Never never once said anything, done anything, acted in any way which would cause me to be embarrassed or bring a reproach upon our family, anything like that. And to have someone in your life who you can trust completely, what a blessing. So as we conclude, this is what I want to say to you. Ladies, thank you. Thank you for the sacrifices that you make. Thank you for the character that you display. Thank you for for the things that you do that no one stops and says thanks. A lot of the things that you do, the the way you carry yourself in a way of honor, the sacrifices you make for your husband and your kids. And there's probably times, you know what? There's times in which your husband, I know some of these guys, there's sometimes where some of your husbands are blockheads. I just tell it like it is. On occasion, not often. And yet you support and you stand with them. We forgive one another. We learn. There's times when we make mistakes and we grow from them. The most beautiful thing that you can provide your kids is not a great education. It's not a big inheritance. It's a godly example and set an example of character. And you know what? And if we've made mistakes along the way, which all of us have, God gives new beginnings. I'm so thankful. The Word of God says that the mercies of God are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Great is His faithfulness. Some people may say, well, wait a minute. I've failed at my character. I've disappointed myself. Well, today's a new day. It's not how we start. It's how we finish. Those things are under the blood of Jesus. All the moms here, would you stand up? All of the moms in the house. Gentlemen, would you show a little appreciation? What I'd like us to do is, if you happen to have your mom here, and I know this just gets sad because people have lost their mom. Your kids may live far away, those things. We're not trying to make anyone feel bad. Your husband may not come to church. We're not trying to make anyone feel bad. If you have a spouse or a mom here, kind of gather around them. We just want to say a prayer. And if you don't, if your mom's not here, I would encourage you to get somebody, gather around 
some of the other ladies. If there's a lady standing in front of you, put your hand on her. If there's a lady around you, for the ladies, would you grab a hold of them? There's another lady there. And we just want to say, we want a prayer, a prayer of blessing upon you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for women of noble character, women of integrity, women who love you with all their hearts. Lord, in the midst of all of the messages that the world sends them, of you got to be this and you got to be that, and even today's message may make some of them feel bad, feeling like they don't measure up. God, I just ask today that you would settle on their minds how delighted you are with them. God, I pray for those who carry brokenness from their past, brokenness from maybe their childhood or things that have happened in their lives or words that were said or things that caused them to feel rejected or to feel pain. I ask that even today, Lord, that you would pour in the oil and the wine and that you would restore their souls. Heal them, Lord. Touch them. I ask you, Lord, that they would know the love of God and that they would feel the appreciation that you have for their faithfulness to you. God, I pray that their children, and some of their children may be far from you, some of their children may be estranged, some of their children may be living in other parts of the country or other parts of the world. But God, I pray that their children would rise and call them blessed. I pray for the husbands. I pray, God, that each husband here would recognize, and even husbands who are at home, would recognize the precious gift that you've given them in their wife. I pray, God, that you'd remind them that she's more precious than rubies. She's more precious than precious stones or diamonds that she's a gift from you. And so today, Lord, I pray a special blessing upon each of the mothers and each of the ladies within our church, oh God. We ask that you would honor them today. May they leave this place just encouraged in you and filled with your peace and your love. And Lord, as they go about their day-to-day responsibilities and carry on, I pray that they would continually hear in their heart those words that one day we're going to hear from you face to face. Well done, good and faithful servant. They've been faithful. So Lord, may you honor them today, and we thank you for that. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.